This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I got a feeling that tonight's gonna be... Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. This is Solo in the City. I'm co-host Dan Delmar, and your dating guru is the always fabulous Cheryl Besner. Cheryl, this week we're talking all about attraction in our two uh, second part of three parts. That's right. First part was last week, getting the attention. Next week, giving of your affection. Mm-hmm. So but- all about attraction. And um, you spoke to someone really, really interesting who is still single. And I can't wait to, to uh, check out this interview. Well, exactly. I had the opportunity to interview Margaret Trudeau. And it was really in, in reference to Water Aid, which is an event that was taking place earlier this week. Um, a walk across for South Africa for people who are out there bringing water to their villages and you know, and sadly to say, don't have fresh water. But I did get a chance to ask her a little bit about attraction to men and what's going on out there. And she shared with me, you know, her views on it. And I asked her, I said, do you think men are intimidated? And maybe that has to do with why you're still single. And she said to me, you know what, I don't really care. I'm going to be out there doing my thing right now. And uh, there'll be a lot more about that interview coming up on TV. It's on on the website, TV In the blog section there, you can listen to the full interview with Margaret Trudeau, and uh, hopefully, maybe we'll get her on the program, maybe on the on uh, for a, for a larger interview uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, well, I did mention it to her because she is looking for romance. Mm-hmm. Pretty intimidating and dating a uh, a former prime minister's wife, I would imagine. I would think so, and it's a pretty high standard uh, to live up to. So, all about attraction this week, Cheryl. We'll have the kiss calendar, of course. We'll introduce you to our bachelor of the week. Uh, we'll have our roundtable on the issue. Uh, but first, we have uh, another uh, uh, very fascinating guest, and this is uh, an actually an Emmy nominee. That's right. It's Dr. Wendy. It's Dr. Wendy Walsh, and she's online with us right now from LA. Dr. Hello. Walsh. Hello. Welcome to Solo in the City. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Dr. Walsh, uh, Walsh is a uh, psychologist uh, known as America's relationship expert, and uh, she was an Emmy nominee for the, uh, the the Doctor Show, which is which is really cool. Thanks for joining us here in Montreal. And uh, Cheryl, it's it, like I said, it's all about attraction today, and uh, let's talk a bit about the psychology of attraction. Well, that's right. And you know, Wendy, you mentioned um, slow love in your book, The Thirty Day T- Detox. Can you harm the attraction by giving up too soon? Yes, absolutely. We have to remember that love and attraction is really a combination of biology, sociology, and psychology. Biology, of course, are, you know, I can get into the science of it, but when you have disparate or different immune systems, you smell more delicious, your sex tends to be more exciting. Sociology has to do with somebody in the same age group, social class, income level, a good match that way. And then psychology has to do with your own attachment style. But your question was, can you harm a relationship by having sex too soon? Right. And the answer is, if you want a long-term relationship, then using what I call short-term strategies can harm the relationship. So what, what you want to do, the real glue that keeps a relationship together for the long term is emotional intimacy. And it's really hard to build emotional intimacy when you're busy knocking boots. When the heroin rush of sex, the dopamine rush is in your head, you're not making clear decisions, you're not really... Um, bonding in the way that will create a long-term relationship. And by the way, I'm not necessarily judging. If you want a short-term relationship, go for it. Make sure you practice safer sex. But if you want a long-term relationship, the strategies are very different. 
Well, I kind of likened it um, to uh, enjoying a glass of wine or a bottle of wine. You want to pour that bottle. You want to appreciate the way it looks in the glass. You want to swirl it around. You want to taste a little sip of it and really savor every single drop of that bottle of wine. And if you just want to pop it open and drink it out of the nozzle, well, you're just going to finish that and really not appreciate any of it. Exactly. Dan, what attracts you to a woman? Oh, my. Uh, I mean, a whole bunch of things. I don't really have a type, per se, um, but I think uh, there's there's a whole bunch of factors. I mean, it's not just physical appearance. It's character. It's uh, uh, values. It's intelligence. Um, I don't know. Am I, am I exceptional, Wendy? Uh, I mean, do most men really go for looks first, or, or is that sort of like a, an old stereotype? Well, it's interesting that you said you don't have a type, but I can promise you that you have a psychological type because we all have a blueprint for love in our brains. It's a schema for love. And we go out and we look for people who will match that schema. And even if we meet partners that we're physically attracted to that don't match that schema, we will behave in ways to get them to match that way. So it's mostly an unconscious process. Um, And some people schema and blueprint for love is filled with mutual caring, with respect, with compassion. Other people's blueprint, sadly, is filled with pain or criticism. And it has to do with the kind of love we received in our early life and the kind of love we witnessed between our parents. And that becomes this model that we feel is love. And that's one of the reasons, actually, that when I'm working with a client, I really I advocate to taking your time and not, as you said, getting intimate too fast. Take the time to really know the person that you're considering having a potential relationship with. Listen to them. Understand them. For me, it's through the head first. I mean, you might be attracted to a physicality, but you really have to get to know that person. And if you go too fast, you miss all those details. And I would go one step further and add something else. Get to know yourself first. Get to know your patterns Get to know why you're eliciting negative relationship patterns. What is it that feels, you know, I always say that if pain is familiar to you, you will go out and seek pain because you know you can survive that. Happiness is not something you know you can survive. That's foreign. So getting to know yourself, your patterns, and understanding how you can make a conscious decision to change those patterns. And it can be really uncomfortable. A great example would be, the girl who's constantly chasing the bad boys, who's constantly getting her heart broken, and then decides, I'm going to find a way to be sexually attracted to a nice guy. And I'm telling you, at the beginning, for a woman like that, she feels absolutely squeamish. She's like, oh, my God, he's too nice. Oh, why is he calling all the time? Why is he caring so much about me? That feels weird to her. And somehow she's got to endure it and get through it in order to understand the gift of true love. I would add to that maybe getting a taste of your own medicine sometimes. Uh, I know in my early 20s I was a terrible dater, and then when I started uh, you know, being uh, the, the subject, I guess, uh, of some of the, the terrible things I was doing to, to, to people I was dating, then I was like, oh, okay, really, uh, this, is, this is really a, a, a clue for me, I guess. So I would add How maybe... How would you define terrible dater? You said <laughs> uh, fear, fear of commitment, uh, not taking things seriously, uh, stuff like that. Just fear of commitment would be... Way, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're authentic and honest about it. I I want to pause here to say that one of the most interesting things about technology in the use of the app Tinder is that I've noticed that people are 
so honest, it's frightening on that app. <laughs> they will yeah. say, looking for a good time tonight, or I'm looking for a third for my wife and I, or I, I want a long-term relationship. Ladies, don't send me pictures of your boobs. I mean, they're just very clear about what they want. And I think that's the difference. It used to be, not so long ago, that we all had to pretend to be long-term mates in order to get anybody to like us, even for a short term. But now there's every kind of person out there looking for every kind of relationship. So I think being authentic is the most important thing. You know, that's one of the things that I wanted to ask you, Wendy, because we were talking about this week, you know, being attracted to somebody and also knowing that the person that you're attracted to is commitment-oriented person. And as you once mm-hmm. said, in the state of readiness. Right. Would you like to comment well, on that? Well, I think, I think um, traditionally heterosexual men don't commit when they've met the one. That's something that heterosexual women do. In other words, when women meet the one in their mind, that one that fits that schema, they will drop everything in their life. They will move from Miami to Minnesota or Miami to Montreal. They will um, quit their job, change their degree that they're studying because they have met the one and they feel happy. Uh, Men, on the other hand, commit when they've hit their own personal state of readiness. They may have perceived that they've had better girlfriends in their past. They may perceive there might be a better girlfriend in their future. But they're going to take whoever's up at bat when they hit their state of readiness. And the state of readiness for men is accompanies, first of all, their education being done, a feeling that they're financially at a place where they want to be before they can commit, um, it, peer group pressure if their buddies are starting to couple up or get married, um, pressure from siblings and family, um, if they have been you know, raised with a particular religion, they might be commitment-oriented. So there are all these factors that go into a man's state of readiness. And I often tell single women, don't go out looking for the one. Go out looking for a man who's ready. Dr. Wendy Walsh joins us, known as America's Relationship Expert, Emmy nominee. Uh, she'll be back in just a moment here on Solo in the City, and we'll bring into the conversation our Bachelor of the Week, Paul. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. I'm bringing sexy back, yeah. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Solo in the City, your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm Dan Delmar with your host, Cheryl Besner. And Cheryl, we're talking to America's relationship expert, Dr. Wendy Walsh, an Emmy nominee. And we also have our, our Bachelor of the Week in studio. That's right. It's Mr. Paul Lizzie. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. That intro that was just played coming into this segment, it was inspirational. It's an original piece by you, right? Correct. It's, uh, it's my third single off my new album. Correct, yeah. That's great. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, my God. Well, uh, I'm an artist, and I'm also an entrepreneur. Uh, both have to go together, or else you can't be an artist. Uh, I guess uh, you could say I'm, I'm past the age of Christ, and <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm a Montrealer. I've been here all my life, and uh, with Italian descent, and uh, I'm doing a lot of good things here. I'm p- trying to put Montreal on the map with uh, entertainment and music and media and things like that. Well, I want to introduce you to Dr. Wendy Walsh. And Wendy, I want to give you and the listeners a little bit of an idea of who's sitting in studio right now. We're talking about a very 
good-looking, very talented, very smart gentleman. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And all the women go crazy for him. He plays at shows all over the city. And I know that um, when he's out there, uh, Paul Mm -hmm. and I have discussed the fact that he's love a relationship, but he never knows whether a woman is really interested in him or Mm -hmm. they just want to get with the hot dude at the drums. (laughs) Well, there's a really great litmus test for that, Paul. Right. just don't... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned. I've learned to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, we we've been working on that one, Wendy. I, I had to kind of say, "Down, boy." <laughs> uh, listen, I have a question for you. First of all, uh, you obviously are in an age group and in a profession that gives you very high mate status as a male, and it gets very confusing for men who have so much sexual opportunity and indeed romantic opportunity, you end up falling into what I call a paradox of choice. In other words, the more choice humans have, the harder it is for them to make a choice Mm -hmm. and stick to it. So let me ask you clearly what you're looking for in a relationship, short-term, long-term, family goals or not? Well, eventually everything will turn into a long-term relationship in my my mind because that's the ultimate goal for me. It's, it's, you know, uh, I guess I can abbreviate it in four letters. It's like... When I know I'm sure about something, I guess it's like S-H-U-R, sure. Sure meaning she needs to be smart, like Dan was saying. H, she has to be humble. Today, it's hard to find hum- humility. It's very, we live in a very materialistic world uh, full of Kardashians and things like that. Uh, <laughs> and, and in the, hey, and, they live in my neighborhood. Right? <laughs> uh, unconditional for the letter U. There's, there, uh, no one knows what unconditional, unconditional means anymore. It's uh, doing something without you know, respe- uh, re- having anything in return. And uh, I guess the final one is uh, R is, I, get a, I guess, a little bit rebellious. Rebellious. Uh, rebellious. Well, where does that come into play here? Well, because I guess when you kind of grow up and you go through school and you do your things, you get your first job and everyone's like, that's it. This is it. This is my life. I have to wake up and do this. It's nice to have people just kind of like get uh, ambition and passion and say, you know what? I don't really need to m- have two cars and three mortgages. It's okay if I have like one jar of Nutella and maybe a broken down car, but I'm doing what I love doing. Be rebellious. Go after what you want. Don't just sit back and just do what society says. Oh, okay, you're great. You know. How do you feel so about I, that, Dan? Oh, oh, I, asked you, I asked you what kind of relationship you're looking for, short-term or long-term, and you talked to me a little bit about your values. Right. And I, well, I think that's great. If people don't have a relationship plan, they're not going to find the relationship that they need. And when you said, I think eventually it will turn into a long-term relationship, I actually want to caution you because mm-hmm. the kinds of strategies that people use and the kinds of mates that they select for short-term relationships are very different for the kinds of mates and strategies they would use for a long-term relationship. For instance, one study on men that I read was fascinating. It showed that when men were looking for a short-term relationship, they chose women with very feminine features, feminine faces, very curvy bodies. But when they were looking for a wife material, they tended to choose women with slightly more masculine faces. And so... When you hit that state of readiness, you won't actually be hoping that a short-term relationship will turn into a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. You will go hunting for a long-term relationship. When does a man know that they're in that state of readiness? What's a sign for them? They know when they know. 
And the point is, he doesn't know yet, so he's not there. Dan knows. <laughs> Dan, do you know? That's what I was going to ask know, you before. Do you know that? I agree with, with Dr. Walsh completely. Uh, education is a big part of it. Uh, being independent, uh, owning my own business, I think, helped uh, make me grow up a little bit in the last few years. So, f- so for me, it, it's all about um, maturity, really. And and uh, and I think uh, adolescence is extended in well into your 20s. Is that fair to say, Dr. Walsh? And so men are really maturing, really, in my opinion, in their late 20s these days. Yeah, and even in the early, well, I was 30s. Say, <laughs> early 30s. Dan, you're just there. So, Paul, the other thing I hear mm-hmm. from what you're telling me mm-hmm. is that you have deep conflict between our society's uh, version of who you should be and where your state of readiness should be and your own personal values. And so until you resolve those conflicts mm-hmm. really clearly for yourself, it will be hard for you to find a mate. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I'm saying that because a lot of people don't have a passion in their life. And to be passionate, you need to take risks. You need to be mm-hmm. rebellious, I guess. It's a bit maybe of a stronger word, but uh, a lot of people don't know who they are first. They need to know who they are first to uh, get into a relationship. A lot of people figure it out only afterwards, 20 years after they're married, of who they are, and then they're like, whoa, this is, you know... It, it would be nice to see people define themselves first, then jump into something, so... It's I, true. The most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship with yourself, <laughs> understanding your own needs, being aware of your own tender spots, and respecting yourself. Correct. Well, I can tell you for myself that I just recently got into a new budding relationship, and I spent uh, probably around two years after my divorce really just understanding myself and looking at myself, and it has changed the way in which I've approached this relationship, and I'm much more confident in what my boundaries are and what my, and I won't say expectations because I don't really have any, but the way in which we work together, and I think that is something that only can happen when you take the time to define and reflect. How do you feel about it's that, Wendy? True. I think not only taking the time to reflect alone, but being careful not to avoid. So sometimes people think they've stepped out of the scene because they're healing. Other people step out because they're avoiding. So the way that we actually grow in relationships is by having relationships and using that other person as a mind gym, if you will. And that means being absolutely honest and authentic with your own feelings along the way, even if you fear they won't like you if they know the truth about you. (laughs) It's really good practice to to be authentic. Now, Paul, you're on the Solon City dating site right Mm -hmm. now. If somebody is out there listening to you, what is it that you would say is a characteristic that really is something you would want them to feel and understand about you? Oh, my God. Uh, actually, I would love for people to see me for who I really am, not what I am, I guess, portraying on a stage or in front of a camera or things like that. To get to really know not only just me, but just people in general. Don't ask, what do you do? That's not your first question. It's more about who are you, you know, inside. So I guess that's what I would like people to, you know, do here or in Montreal when they would meet me or just any any other person in Montreal. Just uh, get to know who they are and don't kind of like get that checklist on paper if, they are, if they're good on paper. You know, it's not really that. So That's great. And Dan, I mean, if, for somebody like yourself, if you are looking at Paul and trying to understand where he's coming from, do you see any similarities in your daily life and dating experiences? Uh, well, I think Paul uh, and I are looking for women who are very passionate. I guess that's fair. Uh, you know, I think um, we're both in sort of creative mediums, so it's it's nice to find that kind of uh, that kind of um, vibe in someone else. 
Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I, but I, I don't have any rules necessarily because um, I, I just want to find someone that I guess is intelligent and uh, and compassionate and uh, passionate about uh, about something. It doesn't have to be anything creative, but just who has passion. Hmm. Um, Wendy, what, what do you think about uh, about the the importance of um, of having something that you're really passionate about uh, before getting into a serious relationship? Hmm. You mean? What do you mean? Like just having having some... a passion in, in general, just having a passion in life, and how that that could make you a, a more a better mate. Well, what I hear you talking about is having meaning in life, and sometimes I advise single people who feel like they're incomplete to go and make their life complete as a single person. Now, that doesn't mean not needing another person. We all need relationships. But you can make your life complete and have meaning by having deep, connected relationships with your family, with your children, with your close friends, with uh, people you have common interests in, that you have a sort of a purpose-led life. And then you become a really attractive single person because you have a purpose-led life. Okay, well, thank you very much, Wendy. Um, I do want to say right up front, um, Paul is playing every week, Thursday nights downtown, um, so we can take part in hearing you live and seeing you live. And as we get out of this section of the show, we're going to be playing another one of your original songs. Perfect. Paul, where can we catch you? Uh, PaulLizzy.com. At Brass Door (laughs) on Thursday nights. Excellent. (laughs) And, of course, Dr. Wendy Walsh, known as America's Relationship Expert uh, and an Emmy nominee. Dr. Walsh, pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your insights uh, tonight. Good to chat with you. Take care now. You too, Wendy. Don't forget you can find Bachelors like Paul at solointhecity.tv and Bachelorettes, of course. Uh, and uh, that is uh, right on the line. You can just go to solointhecity.tv. You'll see the dating tab there. Coming up next, Cheryl, we'll talk to our roundtable. We have Sebastian and Lisa on the whole issue of attraction. That's correct. Coming up. So- Solo in the City on Newstalk Radio, CJAD 800. Living my life. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with, of course, Cheryl Besner of SoloInTheCity.tv. And Cheryl, on SoloInTheCity.tv, we have a very special interview this week with Margaret Trudeau. That's right. I talked to her about what attracts her and a little bit about her romance life. So you can tune into SoloInTheCity.tv and hear more of that interview. Check it out on the blog section. It's a really interesting piece. And uh, hopefully we'll have uh, Miss Trudeau on the program at some point later. But for now, web only, SoloInTheCity.tv is where you find it. Now it's time for the, uh, of course, the Solo in the City roundtable. And joining us in studio this week, we have Sebastian Cartarelli. He's an investment advisor. And Lisa Kisberg. She is a style and beauty expert. Sebastian, Lisa, welcome to Solo in the City. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. So all about attraction, Cheryl, today. That's right, attraction. And is beauty oiling skin deep? And what does attract people? Um, what can blow it on a first date when you're out there? And here's a little clip, actually, from Seinfeld when Elaine went out on a first date. What turned her off? What? Come on, how was your date? Oh, the date. The date. Yeah, how was it? Interesting. Really? Oh, yeah. Why? What happened? Let's see. How shall I put this? Well, just put it. He took it out. (laughs) 
He what? He took it out. There you have it. That's what turned Elaine off. So hopefully we don't all go through that on a first date. Does that, does that, has that happened to anyone? Is that, is that a thing that happens? No. Well, not to me. Uh, I hope not. <laughs> no, I haven't done that. Like that. <laughs> but you know what, Sebastian? We were talking earlier in the show about the fact that some people, when they start dating, they go to intimacy way too fast because they think that's what would attract the other person. What attracts you to a woman on a date? Um. Well, I think uh, if we consider physical appearance, it's often uh, the case that you kind of like somebody or not almost immediately. Um, so then it would be more about their personality. Uh, and for me, it's, it's really just about intelligence. You know, I find that if you have a good stimulating conversation, uh, not necessarily you have to have the same likes, but as long as you can sort of chat and get along and they seem to have uh, a curiosity and an appetite for learning, then I, I tend to find that uh, the sexiest quality of all. And confidence as well, right? Uh, yeah, that can uh, that can play into it. But no, just generally uh, intelligence. You know, somebody who's pretty smart and uh, and just has uh, a keen intellect. Um, often sense of is, humor. Is, sense yeah. of humor goes a, a long way. Yeah, well. sense of humor does go a <laughs> well, long way. Yeah, for me, I like intelligence, but I, I do tend to find that if you can keep her laughing, then she go. is often going to be a little bit more interested in you than not. Well, you're right, Lisa, because that is something that attracts women, correct? A hundred percent. I think it attracts both sexes. And it's not even that you have to be funny necessarily, but it's that you're lighthearted or that you have some levity to you. I don't know. I, I think that goes with the way you look, the way you speak, the way you are. Um, if you don't take yourself too seriously, I think that calms everyone down. Yeah, sure. That's a little bit of self-deprecation can go a long way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't have to go as far as self-deprecating, but it's just not being so engrossed in yourself mm -hmm. or in what you're saying or how you look or how you appear. That definitely has the tendency to put everyone at ease and also attracts the other person, for sure. Well, how important is it how our appearance is on that first date? I think the most important thing on a first date or it, with any first impression really is wearing something where you feel comfortable. Yeah, I was going to say this. So I don't think that means that you should wear your sweatpants. Like that's don't go no. crazy. But um, I definitely think, you know, if you're wearing something that you feel comfortable in and makes you feel confident, that's what's going to come across. And I also think, I mean, you know, you should make a little effort, a little extra fluff and buff doesn't hurt anyone. That's for boys and girls. Yeah. <laughs> We're back to our manscaping episode that we did a few weeks ago, right? Okay. And, and you're Sebastian sitting there going, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't be uh, one to talk too much about manscaping, but I do think that it's important to, to be comfortable and relaxed, and I think that can project a little bit of confidence. But by the same token, if it's a first date, you might naturally expect that people are a little bit um, uh, nervous or anxious, you know, so I'm not necessarily looking that they come in and they seem to be uh, queen of the universe, just as much as they have something interesting and engaging to say. Yeah. Lisa, is there certain do's and don'ts when people are getting ready for a date that will give them the self-confidence so that they don't sit there fidgeting all night? Um... <laughs> I, I, maybe a not for drink. everyone. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't do too much drinking on a first day. That, that doesn't go too no. far. But let's say no um, strapless dresses, for instance. I definitely think a fit anything that you know you will fidget with, definitely don't wear that, obviously. Um, again, I definitely think it's something that you, you need to pick something that makes you feel comfortable. Uh, but... In terms of outfits for, like, a girl or for a guy, what I would say is don't go into, like, 
don't go to an extreme mm-hmm. in any direction. So, you know, show your personality, but maybe don't go like all out the way you would with somebody you totally know and are super comfortable with. So mm-hmm. dial it back a little bit, but don't dial it back so much that your personality has gone. And I think for the gentleman out there, a great idea is if you have a confidant who is female, you might just want to run by your wardrobe with her first. Because I think sometimes guys show up and they think that, you know, acid wash and white socks with black Reeboks is really going to do it. But (laughs) if a girl was to take a look and say, you know what, maybe we should do this or lose the sombrero or something, um, that might be something to help. Because we men can think we're looking great, but maybe the fairer sex isn't so inclined. And it's amazing how those little details can make a huge difference. Especially for a woman. Right? No, no, no. Sombrero on a guy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I agree. But yes, especially for a woman. But in general, it's those those little things that you sort of demonstrate your personality that I wouldn't want to dissuade someone from wearing because it, you still want to be yourself and you want someone to True. like you for yourself. But I agree, running it by someone or by a beauty expert and fashion expert, I'm just saying. Um, yeah, that can Oh, help. we did that one very nicely. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I do want to say something here, though. Even what you were talking about, about running it by a friend, that even works when you're trying to attract somebody online because often people sit down and they write their, pers- their personal profile files and they throw it out there and they forget who they really are or they're not projecting it in the right way so even when you sit down Sebastian uh, and do that profile you might want to run it by a friend well I had a great friend whose line was parasite seeks host on a dating site um, which might be a bit extreme (laughs) but as far as being funny you know it actually piqued uh, several girls interest but I had a wonderful friend in Toronto recently who said I'm going to come and sit down with you and do your profile with you and I thought that was actually a pretty amazing idea um, she's a very clever, uh, wonderful lady. I mean, she'd be a, a terrific catch for anybody. So I thought, yeah, somebody like you, if you were to say, yeah, this looks good. No, not that photo. How about this one? And say something like this. I think that would uh, make terrific sense. I have a buddy of mine who's an excellent writer, and he has, uh, he has done that for his friends. He has filled out uh, online dating profiles for a couple of friends. One married a girl because of that, of that wow. profile that he wrote. And the second is now living with a, with a woman. Again, because my friend who applied his talents as a writer constructed this this really well-written profile for a couple of his friends, and now they're off in... in this is, this is like a business. Yeah, it, is, it, it, it actually is a business, and it's actually one of the services that we do on Solo in the City. Oh, that's right. Cool. And there's a, there's companies in New York that it's eFlirt, and that's what they do as well. It's a very, very serious thing because this is your attraction to somebody else. You want to bring them into your world and fast. Yeah. It's it's pretty astonishing how some people seem to get it terribly wrong. Although many years ago, I sort of conducted my own experiment with this. There used to be a fun site called Hot or Not. And it would just oh, yes. show you a photo <laughs> and zero to ten, you just rate it six, seven. And as soon as you rate it a six, boom, the next one pops up. So I slammed my photo up there and I'm like a solid 6.4. I'm like, Holy cow, I'm not that bad. And then I realized, well, maybe that photo of me upside down doing a beer bong isn't the best foot forward. <laughs> So I asked somebody, what do you think of this photo? And I said, yeah, that's a great photo, and suddenly got an 8.8. And it's just the photo, right angle, right lighting, whatever. It's not really so much about you and how you might look physically. It's amazing how the photo can do so much uh, for you as well. Well, because that is a first impression, right? That's That's, right. As much as we don't 
love the idea of it. The way we look is really how people perceive you. That's the first thing that they're going to take in when they when you approach exactly. them. Well, it's like Christmas. You go for the prettiest package under that tree, right, Dan? Absolutely. Uh, we got to run, but I want to thank Lisa and Sebastian for coming in on our panel tonight. Lisa Kisber, style and beauty expert, and Sebastian Cartarelli, investment advisor. Thanks, guys, and best of luck out there on the dating market. <laughs> oh, no, one of them's not dating uh, anymore. Best of luck, Sebastian. <laughs> she actually is getting married this summer. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, uh, coming up, Cheryl, we'll have our Kiss calendar. All these events when it comes to uh, uh, singledom in Montreal coming up in the next week. And Jess Solomon, comedian, of course, with Love Beats on the Street. This is Solo in the City on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Desner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Your guide to getting social and finding love in Montreal. I'm co-host Dan Delmar with your dating guru, Cheryl Besner, of course, at solointhecity.tv, where you can find all kinds of event listings. Uh, so this, Cheryl, is our KISS events calendar. Keep it simply social. And uh, on the website, you can find tons of activities all week. And uh, let's talk about some of them, shall we? Okay. Well, first of all, I went to an opening on Monday night. It was fantastic. It's a new hotspot in town. It's downtown on Metcalf. It's MKT. The chef there, his name is Marino Taveras, and he wowed us with a delicious level, a, a delicious menu on all different levels. It was fantastic, and the ambiance is great. They have a bar scene going on there as well. It has a beautiful view of the downtown, so it's something that I definitely, definitely would suggest to people to check out, and it's open to the public as of now. As far as events go, Sunday, April 26th, Meet Up Montreal has a walking fitness group. It's going through Old Montreal and the Old Port, and you can stop for a coffee along the way. It starts at 11 a.m., and it's perfect with our motto, Coffee, Tea, and We. Make it short, make it simple, go for a coffee. Moving on down into the week, if you like dancing, Thursday, homage to the Queen of Salsa, Celia Cruz at the Balcony. It starts at 9 p.m. You have two options there. You can either go for dinner and dance or just for dancing later on. Now, Friday night, it starts off Yellow Week. Mabel Palomino of Menina Productions, every year she creates a city of bubbles. Follow the Yellow Brick Road all week long to different restaurants. Friday night, it starts at Pandora. There is a dinner, dance, and a cabaret show. And last but not least, we welcome today to the show, John. Welcome, John. Now, you're from the Tavern in Westmount Square, correct? Indeed, I am. And I have to say, it's one of my favorite restaurants. Of course, we know. We you know. <laughs> just had lunch there this week, Cheryl. You, yes, we did. We enjoyed it. <laughs> was that and yesterday already? Yeah, yeah it, it was a couple of days, days ago. ago. Okay. But, you know, one of the things that I love is that special table that I like to sit at. It's table 83, and I strongly suggest that for a first date. Now, now Dan, you got a little taste of that experience, right? The, the little corner table? Yeah. yeah it's, a nice, it's a nice area. For sure the best seat in the house by far. Yeah. yeah, because it's a little bit up because you have two levels in your restaurant, correct? Absolutely. And we sit on the, we sit on the top level and we get a clear view of the restaurant, but you can also sit back and be very discreet if you want behind that little wall. Exactly. And it's also perfect like the table is set up perfectly for sharing stuff. You know what I mean? If you're assuming on your on a date or even a first date, you can just share a lot of things. The table has a lot of space. It's it's the best seat in the house. And you have a lot of things on the menu that are great for sharing as well, right? Absolutely. Like- Oysters, tartars, like tacos, stuff like that. Normally like the, the special appetizers, like the market appetizers is really what you would be doing. 
And for people who love wine, you have a great wine list, and you're always bringing in special things for your own private selection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do pretty much all private imports, which uh, you know makes people have to ask for recommendations, and it's, it's, it's a good time. And you've got parking as well. Indoor parking. Now, that's Indoor a great parking, thing for women. Is... Women love that, you know, because <laughs> especially if we're meeting our date there, we can park underground, go up, and if it's pouring, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's probably one of our biggest assets, yeah. besides the amazing food and service. Obviously. I was going to say, I yeah. think the most amazing <laughs> asset is your food. And, of course, you being at the door and welcoming everybody. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you have a special offer for us for today, correct, for Absolutely. Our it's going to be uh, dinner for two, which is offered by the Tavern on the Square. And if you want to be able to possibly win this, you go and like us on solointhecity.tv and you could possibly win this special dinner. Mm -hmm. Ask for table 83. Yeah, <laughs> I strongly suggest that. But if you are flying solo in the city, because this show is about relating, dating, and mating, and flying solo, and sometimes I can tell you I go out there by myself, I can sit at the bar, you even have a TV, so if there's a game going on coming up this week, there should be some more um, playoffs going, so you can sit there, and there's always great people to talk to on either side of you and behind the bar. Absolutely, yeah. There's a little TV there. We also have the lounge area for bigger parties, but we're not kind of that. We're not really a hockey bar place, though. No, you're no. not. We're trying to do more fine dining, but it, it keeps me busy during hockey nights, I guess. It's more for me, the TV. So dinner for two at Tavern. If you want to win, like us on Facebook, Solo in the City, or on Twitter. If you follow us on Twitter, at Solo in the City TV, uh, we'll ch choose one of our followers, and uh, someone will have a romantic dinner for two. That's going to be a great spot for anybody. And uh, thank you very much, John, for coming in from uh, John from Tavern. And uh, great service. We appreciate it as always. And uh, we'll see you soon. My pleasure, man. And coming up, uh, we, of course, have Jess Solomon, our comedian with the love beats on the street. And she, she took to the streets, Cheryl, to talk all about attraction. Well, and prepping for the first date. And here's what some of the people out there had to say this week. How do you prepare for a first date mentally, physically, spiritually? What's your thing? Oh, God. As many first dates as you go on, each one is like a new experience altogether and totally throws you off. Uh, but I would say preparation. It's usually a full day thing. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up, honestly, if I'm going on a date. I'm not going to lie. I try to do my hair the night before so I can just focus on my work that day. And then I'll um, try try fit in my workout midday. Um, and then take a little body shower after work, um, touch up my makeup, and then off I go. Ironing for me is key. It's like this ritual process. What doesn't matter what I'm wearing, whether a white t-shirt, whether it's jean, I iron it. It gives me the time to relax, get out the stress, the pressure, and then I feel prepared. I have this weird fear of bad body odor and bad breath, even though I don't ever have either of the two. So I usually have a Listerine strip. I put spray a lot of perfume, and then I usually have like a glass and a half of wine. Well, physically, I usually take a shower, I shave my leg. I think that's it. I don't prepare myself mentally. Just remove the hair. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. So Cheryl, what about you? What do you think? What do, what advice do you have for people who are going on a first date? Well, I think the most important thing is kind of even what we were discussing with Wendy is go to yourself first. So one of the most important things is take time for yourself. Go home, take a bath, go for a walk, do something that will calm you down, make you ready to receive somebody else, and then share yourself with that person. 
Don't forget lots of content at solointhecity.tv, including the dating site where you can find bachelors like Paul, including the blog section where you can find the interview with Margaret Trudeau, and, of course, including the events calendar, which you can check out uh, weekly, really. It's updated constantly, all the events in town, solointhecity.tv. Next week on the show, Cheryl, uh, part three of your triple A list on how to secure that, uh, that affection. And uh, that should be an interesting episode. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. And and I will say that we're going to be welcoming to the roundtable next week two married people. And they're going to share with us how they met their significant other, how they keep the love going. And both of them have been married for a very long time. So it's going to be a very interesting show. Great. We're here Saturday nights at 10 p.m. on News Talk Radio CJAD 800. Have a great week, Cheryl. Thank you, Dan. And remember, I'm flying solo with all of you. So for more information on these events and our dating site, go to solointhecity.tv, where you can find singles like Paul. And don't forget to get out there and kiss. Keep it simply social all week long. And see you next week. For tons of great dating and relationship info, go to solointhecity.tv. I've got a